And the mystery ingredient is <laughs> my <cousin>. arms. <laughs> Kate, but that would have been a so. way better way to deal with the population problems than like a suffer pit is, oh, okay, cannibal chop, let's go. Hello and welcome to our The 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. Brittany, are you Wong Crew or the enemy of Wong Crew? Choose! I'm Wong Crew because I don't want to die. That's a good point. Thank you. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Robin, are you one crew or the enemy of one crew? Choose. Uh, I'm going to be one crew uh-huh. because I don't want to be anybody's enemy. That's nice. Oh, she's so surprising yeah. attitude for a Slytherin. <laughs> and today we are joined by Sam. Hello. Oh, who's that girl? Uh, my name is Samantha Coley. I am a 25-year-old writer and communication specialist in sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I write about The 100 over at Telltale TV. Uh, I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Sam, are you Wong Crew? Or the enemy of Wong Crew. Choose. Well, I'm obviously Wong Crew because, like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> True. <laughs> You're Wong Crew or you just die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, plus all, most of my faves are Wong Crew, so might as well be. And she's nothing if not gay. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what, five minutes in and you're exposing me? <laughs> it's funny because we're by. okay go ahead robin go ahead today we have words to say about episode 502 of the hundred red queen oh my god why it's called that why you think it's called that because she has red face on half half of red face red that's what blood reina means red face means red queen oh i like it like reina is queen right and And reina is also spanish Oh, that's so cute. Reina means queen in Spanish. I love that. Yeah. Today in Robin Learns Things, new languages. <laughs> this is not a real language. Word. Spanish is a real language. Oh, I thought we were talking about Trigetta Swing. <laughs> Get off my back, Dom. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, this no. is going well so far. Okay. So why do you think it's called this? You wanted to talk, you, th- you said it was because Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, but that was before I found out about Blood Rain. Oh, okay. I also thought Alice in Wonderland, um, because of that song, White Rabbit, the Jefferson Airplane song. <gasps> I love that song. Sing yeah. it! Um, no, but you could add a clip here. One pill makes you larger, and one pill makes you small, and the ones that mother gives you. Such an apocalypse song. Yeah, it's like a song where it's like you would trip acid to that song. Okay. 
Um, you would, though. <laughs> or if you're Octavia, you would murder a bunch of people. Yeah. Would you? Or Abby could pop some painkillers and have a good-ass time listening to Jefferson Airplane. Oh, man. I no. joke because I'm broken inside over this plot line. <laughs> That's a mood. Yeah. Um, a thing I wanted to bring up, like, this is usually where we put thoughts from listeners if people had thoughts. Um, but I just wanted to, like, I guess do a correction. But it's not really a correction. I don't know. I just saw a gift set on Tumblr and I was like, ooh, I should have made that point. So I'm here to make the point now. <laughs> um, but okay. he says to Echo, wouldn't it be easier to just step upside? And that's a reference and a parallel to the to what he said to her in Prime Fi when he was like, wouldn't it be just better to step out to step outside or something like that? That's what I said. Why? I don't remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, no, that's what I texted to Sam because I was like, I don't get it. And then in the middle of typing it, I was like, I get it. I got it now. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, it's a parallel. Anyway, I'm smarter than Robin. Y'all are cute. Thanks. Robin thinks she's really cute, actually. I do. I do think I'm really cute. Yeah, she does. The problem is that she is adorable. You are. You are. Yeah, she uh, it was, like, extra paralleled, too, because, like, everyone was leaving in the in Prime Fire yeah. to, like, pack up the stuff. And he, like, walked past Raven then, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was like, I'll go find her. And then he went. Sam, I have a really important question for you. Yes. Toot or boot? Yeah, but which look? The no. whole episode. Toot or boot. Okay, so oh! For the uninitiated... We tutor boot episodes based on the premise that it is good or bad, which is based on the YouTube series, which is Fashion Review. Photo Review with Raj and Raven from the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. So well, you can toot, boot, bless, or shoot. Uh, toot, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Shoot is super like, toot is like, oh. is like, boot, hate, bless, you didn't even try. Well, then shoot, because I, like, super liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Robin? Yeah, I'll give it a toot. Yeah, sure. I'm going to give it a... I'm, I'm in between toot and shoot. Okay. Yeah. I'm... To shoot? <laughs> to shoot or not no. to shoot? That is the question. <laughs> Whether it's his nobler... <laughs> that, that's the question Kara had to ask herself. <laughs> oh. Yes! Very good on this podcast every week. Very good. Very good. Yes. I just really love the 100. (laughs) She should be on here instead of me. I'll just go. Very good. Hey. What are we talking about now? All right. Should we talk about the show? Yeah. That's probably a good idea. All right. We're going to go in chronological order today. Also, I started, I put a tally down. I, Uh I made a tally while I was doing my notes today. Mm-hmm. And if I counted correctly with all that whole slaughter that happened there, oh no. <laughs> I didn't count all the people that died in the little conclave at the end. How many people were in there? Oh, I wanted to count how many people died in this episode so that we could be like, well, at least that's this many down. You know, don't, <laughs> too many people, at least you don't have this many. Right? I had 19, but I didn't Jesus. count all the people that died in the conclave. I think there was like, I don't know, eight, six of them? I can't tell how many people are in there and which ones are like guards to make sure they don't run. Right. But there's at least one, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, nine besides Kara. Nine besides Kara? Oof. And then there's several that look like they could be guards or bystanders. Okay. Well, 19 before the Conclave. So at least they're down that many. And everybody gets more than half rations. Plus bodies <laughs> to eat. Barbecue. Is that a thing that they do for Shizzle now? I mean... I'm not sure. Okay. It's protein. They, like, what do they do with them if they don't, though? That's my question. I wrote that down. Yeah. I said, okay, is there just a room where they're just like, whoop, and they just toss them there? Because they like, can't they open can't the door. Them, and yeah. they can't... Like, there's no airlock. Yeah. Can you use them for is fertilizer? Incinerator? Oh. Oh. There can't, can't be an incinerator. That would waste oxygen. Mm. Oh. That's a question we may never understand. Okay. I think either they get used for, uh, they like decompose and get used for fertilizer huh? or like full course meal. Someone's like a literal snack with two C's. I gotta yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go chronologically through here. So 46 days after is enough for Maxon to fall in love. Apparently. Anyway. Apparently. Miller and Octavia are, are sparring. Octavia wins because of course she does. And they're like, hey, we have the delegates assembled. So let's get dressed. And she's like, I have red blood. Everyone knows this. <laughs> They're like having this serious conversation. Miller's like, okay, see ya. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go. I'm like, like, same. I like that the implication of this scene is, okay, Octavia, time to stop like playing and come inside and have your dinner. Like, she's just a teenager who doesn't want to do anything. And they're like, here, wear the symbols of whatever. And so she has to wear the bindi that's a little bit racist. A lot racist. Hey, but good news, the bindi's gone now. Yeah, Octavia's like, let's throw it away. We heard you. Whew. Okay, I have a question. What is in Nyla's cart? Or like, what wares is she selling? Yeah, what's going on there? She's got like a, a, the trading post, except it's, uh, transportable now it's well, a food truck yeah damn it she got to the truck first <laughs> in the middle of saying she downsized from her restaurant to a food truck and then she just stole the joke from me <laughs> alas i'm sorry on second thought sam this is just gonna be an us thing <laughs> can you go <laughs> yeah okay so then she's just like hey here's a book i know that your brother liked to to read you stuff about rome you know that it wasn't the best idea. Now I understand what idea. Selena meant. Yeah, when Selena Wilkin from Hypable said something is all Nyla's fault, and we were like, "What could be Nyla's fault?" It, <laughs> like she's never done anything wrong ever, ever in, her, in life. her life. And plus, this was like, "I'm just trying to do a nice thing." You know that uh, meme from the the Good Place where he's like, "I think the problem is me." It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nyla. <laughs> Yeah. She can't help it. She has a crush on Octavia. Like, we don't see her later, but maybe she's just looking in the mirror saying that. She's like, hey, can we spar tomorrow? I loved this moment. It really felt like, like, the, like, first three to five minutes of this episode, I was just like, this is the Octavia I like. Like, I feel like this is the Octavia that Bellamy remembers, Mm -hmm. you know? And he's like, she'll forgive you. And this is the this is the Octavia that Maddie is really obsessed with because this is the Maddie or this is the Octavia that Clark knows, mm-hmm. but we don't know this new Octavia. And like that's the Octavia that Octavia wants to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's the Octavia she also can't be if she's going to be in charge. 
Yeah. And that's the heartbreaking thing is like everyone and the same thing happened to Clark because you get forced to grow up really fast. And Octavia had like one break where she was kind of allowed to do whatever she wanted. And that got taken away from her, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Guy is pissed and she's like, what? Not my fault. So talk to your mom. And she won't support Octavia because she has red blood. And uh, Indra's like, she saved your life. And if there was an actual night blood, they would not have done. So like. Do people know that Gaia still has the flame? Does Gaia still have the flame? Yeah, Gaia still has it. Right? Um, I don't know the answer to either of those questions. Like, she had it at the end of last season, but, like... Then she definitely still has it. Anymore? I mean, I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. It's not relevant because Octavia can't take it. Yeah, but Maddie could. Mm. Which would be a great plot line for Gaia going forward. Hmm. I mean, so could Clark. Yeah, but Clark's a, like... And so could any of the Allegis people. Oh, right. They'll give it to Charmaine. Stick it in Charmaine. Alright, so we have this new character who literally dies in this episode named Caber Calm Delphi Crew, and he's a blanket stealer. Oh. Shame, shame, shame. I didn't even know he had a name. I was sitting here, I was like, new character, Kara! And she was like, no. No. (laughs) His name is Caber. I, um, uh, Jason did see we're, say we're going to see more of uh, the lady who yelled at him, though, right? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, she's from Sangetta Crew. What's her name, Robin? Uh, she didn't have one. Uh, I think you're wrong. <gasps> oh, okay, tell me. Hold on, I gotta Give find it. To it. Me. I gotta find they it. They didn't say it. I don't think they said it. They probably... I don't know if they said it in the episode, but... Robin doesn't know a tiny character's like name. On Twitter. Hey, what if I didn't have one, you butthead? Robin doesn't know a tiny character's name. Video, you dumb idiot. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. It's what I deserve. You can't fight if you deserve it. <laughs> I will find it, but we can continue this conversation if you would like. Okay. Yep. Just let us okay. Know. So, yeah, he stole blankets from Sangetta Crew, which is the desert crew. We still don't really... Can someone tell me what Delphi Crew is? Because we still don't know if... As far as I know. I thought Delphi was, uh, like, water. Yeah. But, like, not Flow Crew. Isn't that Poda and Flow Crew? Is Delphi Crew also water? Yeah, I think there were a couple water crews. Okay. Um, Sure, sure. Okay, so. Along the coast. So she's saying that he should be stoned because, duh. And so Kane is like, you know what? If we were on the arc, he'd be floated. We get it, but we don't have to do that anymore. So why don't we find a punishment that I just love idealist Marcus Kane so much because he went from being like the most ruthless pragmatist to, but we can be better here. And I'm like, oh my God, your character development. <laughs> and so he's like, maybe we can find a punishment that fits the crime. And they're saying there aren't any separate clans here. Oslea, which is the champion. Yeah. Oh, that's what that meant. Yeah, it means champion. <laughs> They're saying, what should the punishment be? And Octavia's like, give them back. <laughs> okay, am I, like, naive, or is that, like, well, a completely logical thing to do? I found it. What is it? What is her name? Her name is Brell. Brell? That's so cute. B-R-E-L-L. I like her. She is the Sangetta Delicate Brell, played by Barbara Beale. Way to go, so Barbara. Many- 
Um, wait, guys, that's an so, actual person named Barbara. We call everyone Barbara. <laughs> but now it's her. Faux guys, shizzle. we finally found our Barbara. <laughs> wow. After all this time. So she's like, yeah, just give it back. And I love this dude. He was, like, amazing in two, two times in this episode where she's like, give them back. And he, like, turns and is just like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and then later she's like, or you can go into the actual conclave. What do you want, dude? And he's like... <laughs> Nope, I'm good. Thank you. Okay, bye. I love what everyone is <laughs> I love like, that by like the logic of a 17 year old girl. <laughs> yeah. And so then we start hearing thumps, and they're like, "OMG, someone's out there." <gasps> Cabby is here in the hazmat suits. Duct tape hasn't spoken to him. Clark's out there. Thought she was in space. That's why Marcus sent for her, but they can't get it open because there are rocks on it, and that means they can't get out. Go, guys, go. I just love everything. Oh, I love how valid it is that they didn't talk. Yeah. Like, mm, mm-hmm. she was so mad, and he gave her that space. But, like, now they're forced into the same space together, and I'm like, oh. Every part of this plotline was, like, low-key, like, fan fiction, which means either we're all really good at guessing their relationship, or fan service is beautiful. And I think maybe it's both. Mm. Yes. Yes, That's it sweet. is. Also, I love how... The first thing she says to him in a month is, I can do it. Like, yep. mm. she's so mad at him because he took her choice away. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, not letting him do anything for her. But then immediately realizes, like, hey, wait a minute. It might be okay to ask him for help. Because then she immediately asks him for help. Yeah. And it's a lot. Well, Priorities. so much of their relationship, like, on the arc was him really taking away a lot of her life choices. I mean, true. And like, that was only a few months ago. Yeah, someone you know? said it was 10 months, basically. That was me. Was that you? In my, yeah, I, I wrote that in my review. Sam writes reviews at Telltale TV, and you should go read them because they're really good, and she's much smarter than I am. And even though she's furious at him for taking away that choice, she still uh, relies on him in small ways and ways she's not willing to admit. Yeah, which is, like, very telling in terms of, like, how much of a team they've been on the ground that not talking for a month is probably the longest they've ever gone not really speaking to each other or seeing each other. Yep. And so, like, that team got broken, but I think this break was absolutely what had to happen in order for them to rebuild the foundations of that relationship from the most honest place possible. Yes. Because there was so much baggage before. Exactly. And like, they got to air it all in this episode. Exactly. It's so good. Okay, Robin, go ahead. (laughs) Robin's like, I don't know. Robin's just like, I'm just watching. (laughs) No, I don't like, I will almost certainly agree with all of the things you guys say. That's why I thought it would be a great, t- like, idea to have Sam here is because, like, you guys can have a real conversation about this stuff when when I can only really be like, true, <laughs> yep, I agree fully. Because you guys put in so much more thought into these sort of scenes. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Aww, that's so nice. Okay, so they're together in, like, the office, and they're saying, so everyone knows. So we have Kara. Kara Cooper. Hello. Cool, her name's Starbuck. I am ready to die for her. Welcome to the party. I don't like I her. I love her. Fight, 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 fight. Mad. Seizure faker. And I love it. 
Why don't you like a robin? Why don't you like a robin? Because she... Listen, I'm a Slytherin, but I'm not about to be like, hi, I'm going, I'm fully prepared to close the door on like a bunch of, like a whole bunch of people and just like slowly listen to them stop knocking Ugh. on the door. Oh, that was a dark way to You know, like that. it's going to take a really long time for them to be like, please let us in. Like you're going to be hearing them like, you yeah, know what I mean? Take, like, and yet she's what? like, whatevs. And like, what are you going to do when they're all dead? Like just go out there and pick up. A thousand bodies? Exactly. As soon as they're all dead, you're going to want to go out there and claim all There's your space, like right? Zombies. What are you going to do? There's so many bodies out there. So many. It's going to be gross. No. No, because all the bodies are, like, already eaten themselves, so you can't eat them. What? What? You can't, you can't, like, the bodies are useless. You can't even have a snack. Why are they useless, please? Because Abby described. Oh, because they're Abby gross. Described like how starvation. Yeah, because they're works. gross. Like there's no like gotcha. protein. In how can you like her when she like tried? She was like about to shoot Kane and Abby, and so Ian's like, I mean, I mean Desmond, I mean Kane. Kane, thank you so much for that. I mean Desmond, I mean. Can we Kane. cut around it? Wait. What? Okay, we breezed by. Cause, so Robin got to give her point about why she didn't like Kara. I wanted to give my point about yeah. why I do like Kara. Oh, yeah, okay. go, um, go for it. Because she – so she's like – I saw someone say this, and I forgot who, so I am terrible at giving credit. She's the consequences of, like, Kane and Abby's actions. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's, like, the manifestation of, like, people that have gotten the short end of the stick and the choices that Sky Crew has made. So I like seeing, like – that perspective yeah and um she also gave me like six fanfic tropes so big fan (laughs) i agree that i think she's interesting i just don't like her as a person i mean that's totally fair she's just like really cool as like a Mm. new character and i think she'll uh play a good foil to kane and abby since jaha is gone do you think she's going to be like the same type of person now? Because we see we see her like at Octavia's side. I so. love that she's at Octavia's side, and I'm so interested to see how she's changed. And I love that like she immediately picks up the sword at the end and like. Mm. Oh, she got spoiled. Yeah, she's a survivor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Kane's like, can we like cut around it? Can we break through like a different wall? And Jaha's <laughs> like, I don't think you understand. But this bunker is supposed to be like, you know, everything proof. A bunker? So, <laughs> haven't you been in one of these before, man? He's like, literally, the tower collapsed on top of us. And also, I'd like to make the point that literally, Prime Fire collapsed the entire Polis Tower, and yet some rocks <laughs> that were <laughs> just stood up, uh, upon each other were like, we're good. <laughs> I'm still upset about it. Um, Structural. So they're like, literally, no. And she's like, after five years, the farm is not going to work anymore. Like, you invited a billion people down here, and that was, like, a five-year type of thing. And now that it's going to be longer than five years, yikes. What are we going to do? Everyone's going to die off. The bunker was always supposed to support 1,200 people. Yeah, for five years. Yeah, but now they can't get out in five years. But at the same time, like, wouldn't they have the same problem if it was just Sky Crew down there, too? No. No, because they'd have more food. Only 400 people, so they would have triple the food i don't know how math works rationing is hard i get it yeah so is math and basic like logic less mouths to feed equal more food to keep 
Yum, yum. I don't want to talk to either of you anymore. <laughs> okay, so Kara's pissed. She's like, nah. And so she leaves, and we learn that she lost her father in the culling. And I'm like, yeah, I get that that's Kane's fault, but also, like, that means your father, like, volunteered, right? Yeah. So chill out. And also, that's actually not entirely Kane's fault. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, like, I mean, it's he, the he whole council. It. Yeah. It was Kane's plan, but the whole council yeah. voted on it. Exactly. Um, And she lost her husband just recently. So, like, I get that one. That one, for sure. that one is directly on Kane and Abby and their relationship. Yeah. Oh, fully. So they're like, maybe we need to have another culling. And Octavia's like, mm, pass. No. Hard no on that one. And so... Jaha leaves and Indra's like, hey guards, watch that guy. <laughs> Don't know what he's gonna do. I'm Indra. Watch that guy. So Kane says that he's gonna segregate meal times, which is important to note. And they're using the phrase too many people a lot here, which is also important. Oh, it's almost like um this like murderous robot lady also used that phrase. Huh. Oh I don't know. Interesting. I have such a weird time with people being like, we trust Jaha. We love him. After he like went through all that crap with Ali, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Are you sure y'all really want to trust him? Because he forcibly coerced people via violence into doing things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think we've talked about this before, or maybe it was in like our lost, our lost season three pods. It is in our lost season three pods. Where we oh. talked about how like, Everyone else who's going into the City of Light is being, like, is put there f because of reasons and stuff. But, like, Jaha's in there because, like, he, like, actually wants to. Like, there's there's more of Jaha in the real world than it is of anybody else. Yep. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And, like, at, this, at the same time, though, and this is, this is the problem I had, too, is we were never really actually explicitly told how much of Jaha was there. Mm -hmm. Because Jaha did choose to go in, but then again... So did Jasper. And Jaha was the most like himself in both, like, out of the City of Light and in the City of Light. Exactly. So it's hard to know whether Jaha is just another victim of Ali, who... I mean, he was clearly a man who was trying to save his people. That's always been his plot. And I think people severely dislike him for reasons that I don't entirely understand. Jaha has always been an entirely understandable character because he's the same like character as Clark. He's and Lexa and Kane and Abby. He just wants to save his people. It's just his methods are a little more questionable. But then again, but then again, so, so are everyone else's. Like, yeah, and they were like, "Now we forgive you because we sent you out into a lake once." <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Now Octavia wants to lead and they're saying, should we bring it down to half rations? And Abby's saying, okay, but we're going to start seeing some starvation symptoms and like, we can survive, but we're going to wish that we didn't. And Kane says, some of us already do. And then she's like, yes to half rations. Yikes. The drama. Snap. Kate, it must be so friggin' awkward to be everyone else in that room. Right. <laughs> You're sitting there watching oh my like, gosh. oh my God, can we like, Get a room. Can we go? <laughs> I would. I would literally be like Miller in that scene with Octavia. I'd be like, I'm. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go. When everyone else also knows your history, <laughs> like when your entire relationship has kind of like low key played out in front of all the people in that room. Yup. I just like I can imagine Indra afterwards, just like under her breath, being like, Oh 
sad. I could just imagine Indra like paying Kara to like lock them away together for the episode yeah. so they can sort their <laughs> shit out. Can you, can you please get rid of these two? They're driving me nuts. Just like just like lock them in a room and don't let them out until they're like not yelling. That's every fan fiction trope that has ever existed. And then it happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we are blessed. <laughs> oh yeah. So I was also gonna say I really like um Abby's continual use of grim science jargon. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, please, yes, tell me all of the ways that everyone is going to starve to death. I don't know why I enjoy this, but keep going. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why you enjoy it. Because the show often hands Abby the idiot ball. So in this yeah. episode, you're reminded Abby is actually an incredibly smart individual who knows more than anyone else in that room, and she's proving it. Exactly. And like in season one, it was very clearly set up that Abby's a scientific genius and also yeah. a doctor and just smart as heck. So I like seeing that come back. Yeah, like it's about time that Abby was given her role back as one, one of the main protagonists. Because that's what she was in season one. Like, she was the heart of the other half of season one, which was the arc plot. Mm -hmm. So they give her her intelligence back. She doesn't have the idiot ball. She doesn't make inexplicably strange decisions that you're not entirely sure why of. Like, it just, it feels more organic. Yes. Uh, I thought when you were like, I'm going to tell you why, that you were going to say it was because I'm gay, which is also true. (laughs) (laughs) Two things can be true. (laughs) But I like this answer better. I have a complaint. Oh, yes, tell us your complaint. Of complaint. If you've got this like tiny spoonful of weird vegetable soup type stuff, mm-hmm. why aren't you putting it in a bowl? Why would you put it in in like a plate portion of this like weird tray they have when there is literally a bowl portion of the little <laughs> of the little tray thing, a couple inches left or right? I- I'm not sure, but um. That bothered me a lot. How, how are you supposed to scoop that up? No, okay, listen. Uh, it's because visually, if they put it in the little bowl part, it doesn't look like as less, as little amount of food as it actually is. Oh, like narratively and like, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. But, but like logically, um, logically for the ground. That bothers me. Logically, Kane's like trying to like scoop the edges and he's like, this is stupid. He has to like lift it above his head and like. That, that's why he was going to give it to Ethan because he was just mad about where they put the food. He was like, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> He's like, actually, Ethan, you could have mine. And Ethan's like, what the? Why did they put what? <laughs> Ethan's like, why did they do this? Even I don't get it. So uh, Abby is sitting with Maxon and Kane is like, I co- I'm going to sit over there. No, I will go sit somewhere else. And so he goes and sits with Jaha and Ethan. <sighs> this whole scene is just... Kane like pouting because he can't sit with his girlfriend. Sigh. He's just like staring longingly across the cafeteria. And Jaha's like, it's okay. She'll forgive you. I'm actually crying laughing. Oh my gosh. Yes, I love that where Jaha's like, things will look up, brother. <laughs> I'm actually crying laughing because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but like, you don't have any time to fix your relationship now. <laughs> Loki, the B plot was Gabby's relationship problems and how well they handle it. Uh, it was Heike, their relationship problems and how they handle it. <laughs> I just and that everyone around them is uncomfortably aware of how awkward it is, and like either starkly in support of it or like starkly against it. 
Yeah. Jaha says something like, what's more important is what we believe rather than what we know. And I was like, what a man yeah. of faith <laughs> thing to say. What a yeah. John Locke thing to say. Yeah. And he's so right because belief is so the basis right. of like most of the series. Mm-hmm. Ethan calls him Uncle Theo, which you're like, oh, Whoa. until you remember Grandpa Theo. And My friend Emily, uh, Emily Adama on Twitter, has theories that uh, King Theo is like a direct descendant of Cadigan. <gasps> I'd like to hear more of this, Emily. That sounds right. And she like she goes back and forth theorizing whether Becca and Cadigan are like siblings or estranged lovers. But all of that would make sense because the writer's room tweeted out this picture of the cafeteria that this scene is in and there were posters yes! that Cadigan had in yes, there. Yes, I was about to bring that up. Yes. Yeah. Of yes. Grounder saying specifically blood must have blood and what was the other? this over. Yeah. So that basically confirms that like Grounder beliefs came from Cadigan, which begs the yeah. question. And like all their symbols are part of his like book. Mm. Grounder mm-hmm. symbols. But, but it are also makes you wonder how did they survive and leave the bunker? Well, when Becca lands, you see them coming out in the hazmat suits from the bunker. So they took Becca. I don't. Basically. Did they take Becca? Did Becca take like come down and like throw overthrow his like weird cult and like? Teach- some okay, okay. Like- I have a point. I have a what? point. Hello, my my hand is up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. You. You in the front. Thank you. Um. My first thought when you said that was kind of just like if I was in a bunker. And then someone came down, I'd be like, what? That person isn't my leader now just because they came down from wherever. Mm-hmm. But then my second thought was, these are people who are already part of a cult and are looking for a leader. Yep. And people who are like used to looking up to someone who is all-knowing. Yep. And yeah. it could be that they had the same divisions that they have in this episode. And, you know, this is all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again. But if there was a faction of that original cult that wanted to be Nightbloods and a faction that didn't, there could have been a huge war in that bunker the first time. Yep. And those who survived were the ones who wound up creating Grounder Society. And that's Although where the it was awfully from. clean. It was awfully clean. It was, it was clean when they got there. Yeah, well, I mean, our first thought was just that Cadigan got down there because he, like, himself. nobody else, like... No one figured could... out his dumb riddle. <laughs> so he just sat there waiting for people. But it's clear now, like from this episode, that they must have because their ideology had to come from those friggin' posters. So the OG grounders were just a lot um, more tidy than Octavian. Or maybe once they were out, they were just like, you know what? Someone else is going to need this at some point. Let's leave it better than the way we found it. I mean, possibly. They call it the the crypt of Becca Promheta, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, is she down there? Is that where she died? I don't like did they lock her down there um, after like Cadigan took back over? Well, if she oh. made them all nightbloods or, and there was a a war for power, it could have been oh, that they left her down there. They would have had to yank the flame out of her head though before locking her down there. True. True. Which all possibly could have happened. I want to know. I'm dying to know this backstory, guys. Yeah. I want flashbacks of this. I, I feel like I need like a conspiracy theory wall just to like yes. <laughs> figure this out. Yeah. I'm like looking at a blank wall in my room. I'm like, I could do that. No. (laughs) So uh, Ethan wants some more food and Kane's like, yeah, yeah, you can have mine. But then Thelonious is like, actually, you know what? Uncle Marcus. Like, how many uncles do you have? I support you. (laughs) Uncle Marcus is also hungry. So you need to get used to being a hungry guy. 
Also, I looked up this little kid on IMDb and he has the cutest headshots. Oh my god, Robin. I love that, um, like, in this scene, Kane was immediately like, yeah, you can have my food. But that you can see why Jaha was a good dad. Because oh, he yeah, very- yeah, that was a good, that was a good point. Yeah. That was good, good, um, good parenting. Yeah, like, he very, he, he knows how to teach a kid how to survive. Mm-hmm. Whereas, clearly, Octavia didn't, because... Oh man. <laughs> and then Jaha's like, listen, Kane, by the way, I'm really glad that you didn't, that you talked me out of like fighting Octavia. Indication. <laughs> and like, also to the point of Jaha being a good dad, like, Wells turned out pretty great. Yeah, Wells is a great kid. He did. He was such a good kid. Like, Wells was arguably one of the like best of the hundred. Yeah. And one of the most morally right. Got murdered. And I mean, that that has some uncomfortable implications in itself. But the whole point is that, you know, Thelonious Jaha raised a good kid. Exactly. Yeah. And I loved watching this moment here, like, the second time through. Because I didn't notice it until the second time through. When Kara, Kara comes up and she goes, hey, Jaha, yes. just thinking, maybe you could stay for, like, another five minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, whatever. And he's like, um, bye. Like, yeah. I, I gotta go. Like, I'm putting my kid to bed like Kara it's late yeah but like I loved that because she's like clearly trying to get him to stay because she wants him to live because she cares about him and the kid well that's another thing that Jaha says later he he says they have everything they need in there except for me oh and she wanted him to be in there yep yeah like I know some people think that was an egotistical line but it wasn't like he's he's the only engineer exactly yeah like, they actually the, do need if him. something breaks they need him so now they're talking about like at least the arc had windows, and Miller's like, the arc sucked. Zero out of five stars. Anyway, bye. <laughs> Yo, I want to read Miller's like, Airbnb reviews. Like, also, I'll see you later, babe. <laughs> oh my god. He's like, zero to five stars on Yelp. But he's like, but Abby's like, listen, Jackson, like, I'm really happy for you. It's nice that you have a good relationship. Looks over her shoulder at <laughs> Marcus. Sigh. Oh my god. I love how hard they paralleled these two relationships in this episode. Yeah. Um, I want to talk like, for like 50 50- Years about supportive mom Abby Griffin and her two queer children. Yes, I mean <laughs> both of Abby's kids are are Abby queer. Abby are gay kids. Yes, because like Sachin has definitely talked about the fact that like he at least considers Clark and Jackson to kind of be on like the level of like siblings that don't get to interact a lot. Mm-hmm. Because Abby mm-hmm. was very much like a mother figure, so like in a lot of ways that is like Abby's kid in the bunker. Oh yeah, for sure. And he has a and cute like, boyfriend. Yes. Dude, literally my first ship name for Jackson and Miller was LOL, Suchin and Jared are gonna have to kiss. <laughs> and then they did. <laughs> and they kissed really well. I'm so proud of them. I, that was so a proud kiss. of them. Because some that, like some actors are very afraid to kiss each other and have it be like a good kiss, but those two were just like, oh yeah. <laughs> that was Yeah, let's do it. That Miller Jackson kiss was better than every single Miller Bryan kiss. And that's the tea. Tea. I also want to give a shout out because like a a lot of shows will do like the girls with girls thing because they know that that's like pretty universally accepted, you know, but like doing like a guy with a guy on television, like, I don't know how to explain this, but there are a lot of people who watch it and are just like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it feels like, you know, it's less... I know, what, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. I think it's especially it's notable here because, so like for a long time, it was just gay white men on TV. Yeah. And but they weren't allowed then, to kiss. And they weren't. Yeah. But yeah. like now 
like fem slash characters are more they're becoming more common. But I think what's really special about this one is they're two men of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're having like a legitimate relationship that like shows the physicality uh and isn't like weird about it. And it's sweet. Yeah. Because it's like soft. There's there's kind of like this trend um with shows like Modern Family and Will and Grace where gay men socially are more acceptable. Like people are more mm. comfortable seeing gay white men than they are seeing any other member of the LGBT community. But right. in terms of sexualization, people are o- more yeah. open to seeing women kiss because... Thank you. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Thank because you. Of the, basically because of the porn industry, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We're good. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Exactly. So Abby's saying she's really happy for him. And then she's like having her pills. As soon as the later up like scene happened where she was like, Ooh, Jackson, bring me my pills. And he was like, next time. And Abby was like, rats. I was like, I know what's going on here. Yeah. When, when she asked for them, like in an emergency situation, I was like, Oh no. And then like the mm-hmm. twitchy withdrawals and the sweating. I was like, Oh, okay. And so that's so much sweat. Oh my yeah. God. It's like, that's happening. Yeah, and, it, you know, we've already had some addiction storylines on this show. For exa- My two examples are, like, Lincoln and Jasper with alcohol. How do you guys feel about this? I'm thrilled I'm about excited it. about it. I think Paige is going to be amazing. Uh, and, like, it's a legitimate and, like, understandable road for her to go down because she's, like, she does have these headaches, which sucks. And then, like, she's also depressed because she got her choice taken away from her. She's depressed because she's never going to see her daughter again. She's depressed mm-hmm. because she's stuck down here in, like, the ninth circle of hell. And she has no coping mechanisms. Yeah. Dante's inferno. So, like, to me, it makes perfect sense, especially because Abby's a doctor. So, like, she thinks that she knows, like, she's like, I know how much is too much. Like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. She's like, I can prescribe this to myself. But also, where are they coming from? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the big question. Well, I imagine the bunker was stopped. Mm. Well, like, um, Kara said that there's, like, a medicinal, like, farm and a regular farm, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But in terms of, like, the overall plot, I think this is a great road to put Abby down because it's very much sort of a parallel of the chip, but this time, so, like, Abby's felt what it's like to live without pain, and this time she thinks she can control it, and that's fascinating mm. to me. I see. I like that. So Jackson says that Abby did have the ice bath like Raven did. Um, so that's good. And she's like, can you not talk to Kane about me? They're teenagers. And he's like, oh, uh, fine. Also, he's like on a first name basis with Kane now. Marcus. Aww. Mark, like he calls him Marcus and then Kane later calls him Eric. And I'm like, you guys. You guys are buds. They became bros over their love for Abby Griffin. Literally, they both cared that much about the same person. That's beautiful. I want to join them, and I want us to get t-shirts. I think that's me and Sam about you, Britt. Oh, what? That's so cute. That was so nice. I actually just, like, sat back like, what is this compliment? <laughs> so now we have Kara Seizure Faker Cooper. Seizure Faker. Fakey McFakerson. And so they close the door, they kill some grounders, and they knock out Kane. And then Abby immediately runs to his side. It's fine. Yeah, I was, right? Like, okay. That's telling, huh? Yeah. The minute he goes down, she's like right over him. Like, oh my God, what are you doing? She's like, I'm uh, extremely mad at him, but if you touch him, I'll kill you. Yeah. She's like, he's, he's in, in the words of Sarah, who is Marcus Cambridge on Twitter. He's an idiot, but he's my idiot. Yes. But I do want to ask Robin a question. Ooh, now okay. that we know what's going on in the bunker, should we start a knockout count? 
Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's too much. There's too many that goes on. Like a knockout count or like a... Oh. We should find something like that, though. It's like it's um, how many episodes... Murder. The last, uh... Murder. This is the last murder. Sure, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It's been zero days since our last nonsense. <laughs> I feel like it's never going to get past that. I, I, yeah. Every day is going to have nonsense. Okay, I'm going to describe this cabbie scene and tell everyone what happens, and then you guys can go off, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, so they wake, they're tied up, and Kara talks about how she doesn't kill her own people and that they are responsible for the deaths of her family, and she wouldn't have opened the hatch if Kane was inside, and so she's trying to stop the next culling. She wants to shoot them. And she tried to get everybody, not everybody's in there. And then Abby's talking about how it'll be a really slow death for them. And the people who go first are going to be really lucky because they won't have to figure out if they need to eat their friends. And we learned about something called the blight. And that's why they started floating. And and then I have this other note that I don't know what it means. What's it say? Happened in five years, so. Oh, she said, uh, Kara said that would have happened to them in five years anyway. Ah, yes. Gotcha. Okay. I haven't watched this scene like a hundred times today. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. A hundred is an exaggeration, but it was probably like 15. Yeah. No. Yeah. That sounds sounds right. Okay. Uh, So we can talk about this now? Yeah. Go for it. Yep. We're good. Um, So I love that Abby is like touching Kane to like make sure he's okay. And then the minute she's sure he's awake, she's like, okay, I'm done touching you yeah. now. She's like, she's like, oh yeah, you're good. Okay, like, don't, oh, you're don't touch Bye. me. Ew. Also, I believe this entire plot line was written for number one handcuff stand, Paige Charco. Yeah, she really <laughs> likes handcuffs. Every time. Like every time. Every time they're in chains. She makes she a 50 about shades it. of gray, gray joke. I support her. She's so valid. Okay, and then Kara with the truth tea here, asking if Abby would have even opened the door if Kane was uh, already inside. No, like, she would not have. Did, she absolutely would not have. Like, she almost wasn't going to open the door in the first place, and then was like, Bellamy was like, do it for love! And she was like, damn, you're right. I think it was less that she wasn't almost going to open the door, but that she wasn't sure how to go about it. Because yeah. she knew who was on her team. And she, like, felt lost. Yeah, like, and then, what do you even do when your own kid's, like, low-key betraying like, you? Yeah, she was, like, utterly miserable until Bellamy was like, hey, you want to break the law? Exactly. And she was like, my favorite pastime! Literally her favorite pastime. <laughs> that and, like, stabbing Jaha and knocking him out. Good times. Uh, so then Abby gets to yell a bunch of more science jargon She's so about smart. starvation. Ugh. Like, yes, please tell me how everyone's going to die. But also, okay, so this blight on the Ark. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? Like, like. I guess that was like a very beginning type of thing. Where it was full on cannibalism. Why wouldn't you float your dead in the first place? Like, what are you going to do with them? Like, that's going to pile up pretty quickly. Yeah. So like, were they keeping them around specifically because they knew they were going to run out of food? I don't think so. Mm. Like, hold on. Are you Googling the word blight? Yep. Oh, it's a plant disease, especially one caused by fungi such as mildews, rust, and smuts. Or it's... Those are uh, gross words. Yeah. Uh, Or as a verb, it's uh, to infect plants. Hmm. So the farm station must have, like, had a bad, like, 
it must have gotten infected Batch. at some point. And, like, they did run out of food for a period of time where people were so hungry they started eating the bodies they had piled up in some random part of the space station. Or as they starved, they ate each other. You're not going to eat someone who's alive. I mean, that's the entire premise of Hannibal. Aren't you? They're not alive when he eats them. Um, I beg to freaking differ. How do you think Jillian Anderson lost part of her leg? I didn't watch that show. It's disgusting. Eddie Izzard has his, had his whole arm eaten in front of him. Brittany, that's disgusting. No, it's beautiful. You don't understand. What? No, it's it's weird. <gasps> no, okay. And anyone go. who's seen Hannibal will be with me on this one. When you watch yeah, Hannibal, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful that it's not disgusting. You watch it and you're like, this is the most beautiful, like, set. it's like watching the food. It's like watching Chef's Table on Netflix. I've, I've seen, I gotta go. I've seen the GIF sets, but I also don't agree with you. What? No, um, it's like, you know it's people, but it's so beautifully presented. You're like, this isn't disgusting. Like, I'm disgusted, but it's not disgusting. It's like you're gonna win Chopped. We get it. <laughs> you know what? Cannibal Chopped. <laughs> and the mystery ingredient is <laughs> my <cousin>. arms. <laughs> But that would have been a so, way better way to deal with the population problems than, like, a suffer pit is, oh, okay, cannibal chopped, let's go. No. Yes. I hate how we were talking go. about, like, the moral complexities of the cabbie scene, and then I had to show up and defend cannibals. Yeah. Why did you do that? Full on, that's what you know. did. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I also want to talk about, like, this is another reason why I don't like Kara, because they're like, oh, all this terrible starvation things is happening. And she's like, well, that would have happened in five years. And I'm like, that's another five years for these people to live. Yeah, but Kara is very much about the now. Well, she's I also, don't like her. She's also like my people above everyone else. Yep. Which is like Jaha. True. Uh, I guess I would just already be dead. I, so I, just, I still don't understand why they weren't floating people to begin with. Yeah. Like... That's going to smell. You're right. That's what we're trying to figure out in the bunker, too, because you can't float Where people. What go? you going to do? Where do they go? Where do they go? I don't know. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they come from? Cotton okay, Eye jokes. No, Cotton Eye jokes are a meditation <laughs> exclusive, and I don't want to hear that crap. Did you just say Cotton Eye jokes? No. Okay, okay Cotton Eye jokes. Have. Why didn't I say Cotton Eye jokes? I fully, Bro. I fully thought that's what you said. Damn, I, me too. I was like so impressed. <laughs> Someone tell Aaron right now. Anyway, so okay. Cabby. So Cabby. So, so the thing that I really like about this scene with them is the brutal honesty of it and the fact that they did to Kara what was done to Abby. Oh, uh, yes. Also, Kara has like the extra, extra right to be mad at Abby because Kara's husband died because Abby saved mm -hmm. her I mean, I'm gonna call him her husband now they're just married it's fine yeah sure Abby <laughs> got to save the person that she loves and Kara lost hers yeah like the the choices that Abby and Kane make are inherently for each other but end up being for selfish even though they kind of do it in the name of their people too it serves both parts of their agendas were you guys read The Giving Tree yes. when you were little? No, I have no idea what that is. 
I do not remember the giving tree at all. Can you explain what happens in it, please? Is this an American thing? Maybe. I don't think it's an American thing. I think it's just... I just never got it. Yeah. Poor children. Please tell me the story. Okay, so it's a story about... um, I'm going to butcher this because I haven't read the whole thing in a long time. But it's a children's story where a little boy goes to this tree and it, like, provides him things, like, through his whole life. And, like, the boy doesn't, like, give back to the tree. But he's, like, grateful for everything that it gave him. Like, it gave him an apple and, like, a place to read. And then, like, he built his home out of the tree. And then when he's an old man, uh, which is the part that Jaha gets to uh, when he's reading to Ethan, is uh, a place to rest at the end of his life. Okay. Oof. And so Nyla says that he's been asleep since the boy built the boat. When does that happen? Uh, like part of the way through. I forgot it was a boat. I thought it was a house. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't Noah's read in a Ark. long time. But did like, you just say Noah's Ark? He he uses every part of this yeah. tree throughout his life and like grows old with it until it's like just a stump, and then he's like an old man. But it's supposed to be like a metaphor for like female labor, right? Does he ever give back to the tree? I don't what? know, Hermione. So basically, it's what is its context within the show? Well, I would say it fits Jaha's journey in this episode okay. because he gives everything he has left to save his people. Oh wow, that hurts! I have a more important question. This isn't going to be an important question. Where did he get the book, Nyla? Yeah, I, like Nyla obviously had some stuff, and I feel like what she's good at is collecting like trinkets and items that people aren't using and like running her little food truck shop. And I so also, you are saying I, that this book was in the trading. So post? it could like, it could have been something. I think there's a library down there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's there so nice. Totally be a library down there. Never I, mind. Like, I can live in the bunker. Cause there was family. a library in Mount weather. Yeah. And they had books yeah. on the Ark. Yeah, they had books on the Ark, and like I'm sure and someone have, like, came down with old the book films too. on the Ark. So happy, guys! Do you think they have movies in the bunker? Do you think they have movie night? You know what? I bet you they do have movies, and I bet you they'd have like more of our movies than anything else. Yeah. Because like, <gasps> of when the bunker was. Yeah. They- <laughs> it's weird to me that they're like, okay, every Saturday we watch another movie in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, and that'll give us through all the five years. <laughs> That's nice. That was so, soft. And so, like, obviously they had that book on the Ark. Maybe it's just been in Jaha's backpack the whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's just been carrying it around being like, one day I will have another child to read this to. I mean, Ethan. <laughs> no, he's five! <laughs> <laughs> and so, Nyla's like, cool, I know you're an engineer and you, you're above this, but can you fix my wheel? <laughs> I love and that Nyla felt comfortable doing yeah. that, by the way. Yeah. I mean, they have spoken before. He's the one that told her, uh, I mean, she's the one that told him what? From the ashes. From the ashes. Yeah. Right, of course. Oh, I'm kind of mourning the loss of that little relationship. Yeah. That could have been really sweet. I bet that's another poster in the cafeteria. From the ashes we will rise? Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. And so everyone comes in, they're going to kill Sky Crew or whatever. And what else is there? He's like, hide under the bed with Nyla. I think it's so, like, the part that really, like, annoyed me in this part where he's just like, I'm gonna get beat up, so hide under the bed. 
And at no point is Nyla like, Ethan, don't watch your uncle getting beat up. Because, like, they cut to them and Ethan's like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on over there? I've never seen this before. Whoa, is something bad happening? He's only five. And so... <laughs> he's only five he doesn't get it and so jaha gets stabbed um octavia saves him and they find that everyone in sky crew is still all alive and so they were gonna kill the dude and she's like nah i'll get the door open fam he's like i got this let's put all the sky crew people in the rotunda which yeah, is a is. dope word that i like except for jaha and so ethan has to go with miller and he's like, no, I want to hang out with you. And so then they have a hug and they're like, I know that a lot of people don't like Jaha. So this is our last attempt at getting you to like Jaha before he dies. <laughs> it worked. I mean, it worked. Yeah. And so then they hug and Nyla. Oh, and Octavia's like, Nyla, you should go with them because it'll be more safe. And she's like, I don't care if it's safe. I'm with you. And I was like, is Nytavia off the table? Like, did we ever decide that that wasn't a thing like, for sure I or what? Swear no, that's a thing. that Jess, like, confirmed that they weren't going there at, like, seven cons this year. But she mm-hmm. could have been screwing with all of us because feels it like feels it. like it. Because, yeah, n- like, she gave her a book, like Gina gave Bellamy, like, some kind of straight up that's late mm, family yep, proposal. True, true, true. And then she's like, I'm with safety's overrated i'm with you like how much time do they spend together yeah yep 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 this is yep, yep, content. Yep, yep to all yes to all you know what <laughs> i think it is is on top of being gay i think that um octavia won nyla's what stop laughing i think that octavia won nyla's loyalty by uniting the clans and doing something that was inherently sort of selfless also, to nyla mm. she saved her life at the in in the chosen, like Guy Crew's gonna exactly throw mm. Nyla like out the door. Yeah, and uh, do we know what Nyla's original like crew was? Tree crew. Tree crew. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. So then Jaha's like, okay, so it's time to open another unopenable door, and I'm like, this is very season one lost, and I support it. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. We learned that Rockline has levels E and F. Blue Cliff has medical. And Guy is like, whatever, this is who we are. And they're like, no, we're one crew. And Guy is like, if there's no commander, there's a war. And that's that's what it is. Guy is like, prove it. Prove it. Tell me. And so Gaia is very much a show don't tell. And I kind of respect that about her. I do too. Mm. And Indra's like, well, we have to wait for their demands. I'm pretty sure it was Indra. Uh, it's like, we have to figure out what their demands are. And they're like, they're not going to ask for demands. Level C is like fully... It's own thing. Yeah, they don't have so, demands. They're just like, stay out there and die. Yeah. Until we can come out. Jaha's bleeding. I love this moment where Indra's like, are you okay? Yeah. And Jaha's like, yeah, it's just a scratch. Yeah, whatever. It's fine, it's guys. Fine. I'm just like, casually bleeding on this map. <laughs> Jaha's like, I can get it open. Can we go to level D? They're <laughs> like, yeah, level D's no man's land. It's, it's, it's a little rough. No, but. I loved the way that he like revealed it though he's like talking about how right. hard it is and then octavia's like so and then he's like oh right i probably should have led with the fact that i can open the door <laughs> and it's like that's exactly how clark would deliver news because like remember True. when with the list, she was like no it's not nice it's smart yo you are so right you know that's exactly what i thought of there's so many leadership parallels between clark and jaha they make the same decisions it's just like 
sometimes the narrative paints uh, Jaha as an antagonist. So he's thought of as an antagonist or someone that is not liked, but they are more similar than they are different. Mm-hmm. Um, Octavia's like, Nyla, can you make him look like a grounder? And she's like, you know I can. So level D is no man's land. Look like a grounder, yes. Um, and she's like, I can't wear all of these like symbols anymore because they're just like targets. And because she needs to be her own person. Exactly. Those symbols are from a crew that and a society that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. I like it. I love the symbolic shedding of that. And we can keep those things as symbols of Lexa. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it yes. preserves Lexa's legacy and it's not like Octavia is putting on Lexa's costume now. Mm-hmm. It's that Octavia is her own character and Lexa has her own identity. Mm-hmm. It's just important to me that they not take away from Lexa. No, I completely agree. So, so now they're on level D, and I love how they're like, which room is it? And he goes, the last room on the right. And I'm like, of course it's the freaking last room. Obviously. And so then they have cool. to split up. Everyone else, take the dudes away, and we'll and then we'll meet you there. And there's this other dude who's getting like beat up, and Jaha's like, we can't save him. This is, That's it. No, this is a <laughs> like teaching moment. Yeah, because Octavia is stabbed first, think later at this point. But mm-hmm. Jaha okay. is one hundred percent think first, and then do the like most Slytherin move. Yeah, right. Jaha's a very That's cerebral way- leader. That's the way I think, and, and I hate that because I don't really like Jaha. But <laughs> I mean, Abby's a Slytherin too. It's fine, and so is Claude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Abby's the most Slytherin ever. Slytherin, and so. It's very much like the moment on the boat with Murphy when he throws the other guy off. Mm, it's like true. He Craig. Yeah, he didn't throw this guy. She knows. Remember Craig. <laughs> Rest in peace, Craig. Craig. Craig was real. Okay, but he didn't throw this guy to the grounders. But he provides them a distraction to get away so that he and Octavia can get to where they need to go. And right. he, he's a necessary death, and he would die anyway if. They didn't let yeah. him die. Just like Craig would have died anyway if they let them flop around on the boat. We remember you, Craig. So, like... Craig. You were real. God. <laughs> it's a teaching moment about the death of the few to save the many. Yeah. I was just gonna say the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we realized that Jaha was heckin' stabbed. Yikes! And I love how she's like, oh, we should have taken you to a doctor. And he's like, both doctors are inside. Which reminds me of her being like, yeah, both nonviolent <laughs> prisoners. But, like, literally, did they bring no healers? Like, when the when the clans decided who they were going to bring in, they were like, we don't need any healers. Sit outside. I guess. Jackson and Abby are the only people who can save people. I All mean, right. well, Tree Crew's healer was murdered. Yeah, how true. R.I.P. I can have like a massive crew though, and only have one healer. Because very much like the, especially the way Indra led was, you're either strong or you're not. Yeah, that's true. But and everyone died young. I feel like there could be healers like among the grounder clans, but like they just don't know. Right, Jaha much. doesn't know which one it is. They don't know them personally, and the grounder healers aren't like as knowledgeable about actual medicine and like saving and guns lives. or i guess no he got stabbed never mind but like <laughs> they're not going to be able to like do internal surgery like, even him. in that case like uh at the in 401 when rowan gets shot 
their healer is just like, um, I'm going to heal you with some good vibes. And then Abby's like, no, you have to take the bullet out. Well, that's the thing is that like, it's like old timey doctors. Yeah. It's just like, well, make them comfortable. Bye. Exactly. Which I don't really get because how does the scientist of Becca instill people with night blood, but not the science behind night blood? Like, how does that get lost? I feel like it's probably part of, like, whatever Cadogan did. Like, I don't think he's happy she shows up. Yeah, maybe he was a tin man mm. who was very anti- Oh my god, guys, Cadogan was an anti-vaxxer. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he wants people to, like, be dumb and, like, worship him and, like, follow him. Right. So, like, totally. if, he, if people are, like, thinking on their own and, like, becoming things, that's he can't control them. Yeah, and he's like, pass. Yeah. Fair enough. So they're saying, yeah, there's just always too many people, but they found the thing that they were looking for, but Jaha's too weak to get her done, so Octavia does it. Just rip that thing off, girl. I love that she just jumped on it. Yeah, that was dope. <laughs> Parkour! Would anybody like another cabbie scene? Uh, I would! Yes, yes, I'll yes take please! Alright, here we go. So Jackson comes in with a bunch of food, and they're saying, whoa, that's too much, so they're just gonna share one. Because, also, if you haven't been eating very much... Like, and then they suddenly are just like, eat a lot. Then that that's bad for you. You're going to yeah. throw that up. Yeah. Yeah, it would make them very sick. And Abby's already going through some stuff. This happened on the Hunger Games. Shouldn't you guys know? Anyway. Yeah. I don't think anyone in that crew has read the Hunger Games because <laughs> I feel like they really would have learned some good lessons from that. They're going to read the Hunger Games while they're down there and they're going to go, oh, <laughs> crap. When was this written? Yikes. Octavia would be one of those people who'd be like... This is just like some of ancient Roman mythology rehashed. <laughs> there are no original stories. <laughs> <laughs> so Jackson's like, listen, most of these people are like pretty chill with this. Like I can't get anybody to fight back. And like Miller's outside. So like, what am I supposed to do? And Abby's like, hey, just hey, real quick. Can you, I just need my, my drugs real quick. Can you, and he's like, listen, I'm not allowed to come back in here, but maybe next time. She's like, drat. But the thing that I liked about that is that Abby's inherent, like, must protect people that I love the most comes out. And she tells Jackson not to do anything. Yep. Yeah. She's like, don't, yeah. don't do anything stupid because she can't lose Jackson. She has two people in her life. She has Jackson and she has Kane. She's really mad at one and the other one is about to go do something dumb. Mm-hmm. She can't lose them. I just want to like, talk about how I, petty Kane is as well. <laughs> go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. Like, she also immediately understands why Jackson would do something dumb. Yes. But she's also like, boy, do not. Boy! You have not used a gun in your life. Don't start today. And so Kane is, like, sitting there, you know, just checking his nails, being like, huh, what a strange concept. Doing something stupid for the person you person love. you love. Huh. Cannot relate. Weird. So, so weird. Like, what a mood. Like, you took my choice away. And he's like, um, yeah, duh, you're a doctor. Like, I made the good choice. Like, I would have done that even if, if you, if, even if. I didn't love you. Even if I did. Yes, thank you. Even if I didn't love you, I still would have done that. And she's like, okay, well, here are the receipts, buckaroo. That's <laughs> <laughs> <And> my girl. <laughs> I love the scene. I know I'm laughing, but like, I'm so in love with this scene oh, that I kind of oh, want to marry you. it. Sorry, Sam. It's okay. We can like do it together. Okay, sweet. Um, because they've they've 
even though they're a very good couple, there have been some really unhealthy things that have happened in their past that they haven't talked about beyond, you know, like Jake. Yeah. And they did address the shock lashing at once in 209 when Abby kind of gave him some cheek about shock lashing her. But that's not really a real discussion. Mm -hmm. This is the first discussion we've had them have or seen them have about who they used to be. It's easy to, like, forget how little time has passed on this show. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's also why the time jump is so important because the show moves so quickly that it's we've been watching it for five years, but it's been less than a year for everyone there. So, like, mm-hmm. less than a year ago, he was going to float her. Less than a year ago, they came to the ground. Less than a year ago, they he shock-lashed her. Less than a year ago, they started becoming... They did friends. it in Lex's room! That was the Sky Crew ambassador quarters. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know so much about this. Look, I was just trying to make a great point for you guys. All right, thank you. Anyway, so that she's so cute. <laughs> Sorry. So like it hasn't been that long since they've been here and since they were like enemies. Mm-hmm. And stress bonds people in ways that obviously are unbreakable, especially in this case. But like, but that doesn't mean you've dealt with all your issues. Like it's so good for them to clear that air because it yes. did happen in such a short space of time. But it also Mm -hmm. is, like, so, like, their relationship with each other is so real. And, like, their connection is, like, just, like, I, it's the way that they're able to be this vulnerable with each other and, like, say those things. Like, Kane just brazenly says, even if I didn't love you. Clearly, he said I love you to her in the last, like, well, not, maybe not the last month because they haven't been talking. But, like, before that, he said it. Or he wouldn't have just, like, casually tossed it out there. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the way that she's able to also just bring up, like, all right, but that's not true. Because you, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have saved me on the arc. So why did you save me here? And it's clearly because he loves her. Yeah. She's like, why did you want to hurt me before? And I think there's, like, an element of, you know, like, well, why did you want to save me? And it's a little bit of, she kind of wants to hear it. I think so too. You know, Mm. like, I think that's something that she needs to hear is someone is out there who is not only willing to die for her, for her, but put her first. And I think that's a very rare thing for anyone on the arc to experience. And, you know, Jake died putting their society first and he, he died, but he kind of left Abby behind. Exactly. Like he didn't actually leave them with much of a solution. Mm-hmm. Like, he intended to make people aware of the problem so they would find a solution, but he knew that he would get floated. Yeah, and so he kind of, in a lot of ways, even though his death kicks off a lot of, like, the character's arcs, he died for nothing. Yeah, and, like, like he he deliberately chose their people over their relationship and his relationship with Clark. But Which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. And, like, Marcus makes that choice at the beginning of season one he chooses the people over abby but like every at every point after that in their relationship he when he is given that opportunity again he chooses her and i think that's new and i think there's also an element of if you're going to die like make it count 
And when Abby wanted to die, it was because she didn't, she didn't think that she deserved not only to live, but she didn't deserve to have any of the happiness, which is what Kane says is like later. It says like, you didn't deserve what we had. I think that, I mean, Abby's death would have counted for something here because she would have saved somebody else. But like, I think what she's trying to get Kane to admit is that he did it for selfish reasons. Yeah. And like, and she's, that it, it wasn't just like for their people. Yeah. And like, she's, she knows that he did it for selfish reasons and she's partially mad at him because he was being selfish. But at the end of the day, which is so wildly hypocritical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's good to hear them like get all of their like old dramas out of the way and just be like brutally mm-hmm. honest with each other. Like, this is what we are. It's a blank slate. This is where we started. This is what we mean to each other. Look at where we are. Look at where we started. No, you have to keep going. The fact that you're alive is a miracle. Just stay alive. That would be enough. Thank you. That's a, oh, that's, that hurt my heart. That could have played over the that scene and it would have been the same thing. So I, I, I think the whole thing is like, they're they're both sac- self-sacrificial morons, mm-hmm. but they need to admit it to themselves and to each other before they can, like, move on. Yeah. So uh, Jaha is almost done doing his thing, and he's basically, like, apologizing to Octavia for how garbagey her life was. And he's like, listen, I'm not going to fix it until you figure this out, because literally everyone of our people is going to die if you don't – if I just open this door willy-nilly. And I love this moment. I laughed when this moment happened where she like did like a sit, but she's like doing a tantrum. She's like, oh, you're the worst. She's just, like, just like slides down the wall. And I'm like, you're 17. So dramatic. <laughs> and he's like, listen, only the guilty, only the guilty is allowed to, to be punished for this. And then he starts talking about like Aurora and how like death is the enemy or something. I wasn't paying attention very well through this scene. No, Can anyone explain this? So good. Yes, please explain it, because I, like, listened to half of it, and then I had to watch Riverdale, and then I watched the rest of it, and I didn't understand it. Oh, this is so another uh, Jaha teaching moment, which we get so many of it in this episode, and it's great. When did I start caring about Jaha? Um, Jaha teaches Octavia here that <laughs> death is the enemy, and anyone who pushes them closer to death has made themselves the enemy. So, like... When you break the law and you do something that puts lives at risk, you become the enemy because you put lives in danger of dying. You've made death which is the enemy. Possibility. Yeah. You've pu- you've pushed them closer to death, which is what Jaha says. Okay, so how did he so, bring Aurora into this? Well, okay, when Aurora broke the law by having Octavia, right. she put lives at risk on the Ark because she's breaking the population problem. Yeah, which is now also relevant still again. Yeah. It's basically giving accountability to people who willingly did things that they knew they weren't supposed to do. Right. Even though, like, narratively, we're on their side. Like, people like Jake, people like Aurora. We're like, you know, those people did what they had to do, but we forget that there's accountability there. Mm-hmm. Like Lincoln says in season two, if death has no cost, then life has no worth. Ooh, snaps. Exactly. Like, if stealing blankets has no punishment. Like, if small crimes have no punishment, if big crimes have no real like octavia doesn't have any consequences for people who break the law yet it's been 46 days and she hasn't right instituted any kind of justice system she doesn't have a justice system so 
if there's no consequences, everyone's nobody's going to break. Nobody's going to listen to her rules if there's no consequences. So she has to make them listen. Right. And it's also, I think, giving Octavia a purpose because Octavia is a warrior. Mm -hmm. So he puts it in a language where he's talking about Aurora, but he's also saying, if you have an enemy, then you have a purpose. Yeah. So Octavia will spend the next five or six years fighting an enemy. And that's what she needs in order. Yeah, that's what she needs is she needs a war. She needs something to fight for. And he gives her that. He gives her a purpose and he gives her a battle. Now, how she handles that and how she interprets that is probably much more extreme than he was expecting. Right. I don't know. I feel like it makes sense because it, I, I feel it like her evolution is brilliant because it combines everything that she's like trying to do by combining all the clans. It takes mm-hmm. the justice system of the arc in like the fact that you had to be floated for any crime. So you'll get put in the ring for any crime. Because uh, the guy who stole blankets is down there with the people that threw the coup, which are like wildly different. Yeah, poor Kimber. Yeah. <laughs> but it also takes the grounder life that she's also considers a part of herself in adding the conclave rules and the fact that you can fight for your freedom. So like it gives you a chance to defend yourself, but it also instills a very strict hard line of don't break the law or you will die, or have the very high possibility of dying. Uh, Yeah. And in modern societies, that makes no sense. But in the bunker society, you can see how that logic would keep a people in line. Oh, absolutely. It's, like, it's follow the rules. Survival of the fittest, yeah. Yeah. And, like, these rules that are in place are in place to keep everyone alive as long as possible. So if you break those rules, you're threatening the lives of those around you. So you have to answer for that crime. Exactly. Hey, it's time for another cabbie scene. Oh my god, I love those. (laughs) So there's a dude playing a guitar and everyone's sitting around bored. And I'm like, guys, if you're going to live here forever, like, sitting around bored? Like, what do you... (laughs) Get on with your life. It's, It's nighttime, they're sleeping. What? Yeah. They're sleeping Seriously? it's nighttime. Why do you think the lights are all low? It is nighttime. I thought that Jaha cut the power. Not yet. No. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, why are y'all just sitting around? No. Get on with your life. Oh, bless your heart, though. Because when Thelonious leaves at the beginning, he says tomorrow because it's late. Yeah, he's oh, putting right. the kid to bed. So, like, sure. this coup happens, like, overnight. Okay, gotcha. Back to the guitar. Yeah. Which is the most mo- romantic friggin' thing they've ever done on this friggin' show. It's the show. most romantic that come thing from? I've ever seen in my life. And the guitar player is the episode's yes. director. Hey, shout out! Sam, talk about the romanticism of the music. It's just really beautiful and, like, soft. And, like, they had a theme before, but it wasn't really, like... It wasn't, like, a romantic theme. It was, like, a like co-leadership kind of, like, thing. But yeah. this is, like... Just soft, like, serenading tunes to, like, lull their people into, like, peacefulness and, like, comfort. And it just accompanies the scene so beautifully because it's, like, at that point, 
they've like reached their like they've gotten all the anger out and there's nothing left except the love the speech that king gives here is on like it's poetic oh my god it's the most romantic thing this show's ever done like is this a romance novel what is happening so this show's done like had some big romantic moments right Mm -hmm. oh really probably the most name one Uh, there's Klexa. You guys aren't there's, gonna uh, talk about Finn and Clark at all, or what? What's a flark? Who's Finn? <laughs> <laughs> there's every Klexa scene. There's Cabby's first kiss. My, everything about Lincoln and Octavia. Yes. Oh my god, that bridge theme? Bye. Yeah. This, yeah, there, there's always been a very, like, low-key... Little moments of softness. Ooh, yeah. One of my favorite ones is when they're like, Monty, talk about the hydroponic farm. And he's like, yeah, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Almost. Uh, Smooth. That's one of my favorite moments. Anyway, continue. I love teen romances. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually like one of my favorite like parts of the of the episode for Cabby um, because I-, I like the moment where Kane asks, like, do you regret opening the door to save me? Because like she hasn't talked to him for like over a month. And so you know that he's literally just been thinking about asking that one question. And you can see it in Ian. You can see that he's been asking, like wanting to ask that question all 46 days. And now he's finally got the chance to ask it. And she, and she gives him the answer he wants. Yes. Oh my God. It's so beautiful because like, that's so true. He's also sitting there pouring out his heart that he would like, he, tells her he would make that choice over and over and it's not because she's a doctor it's because he loves her and he needs her by his side fam you and know he prepared that speech over and over in the mirror oh you know that he probably fell asleep at night thinking about oh it. for sure and just like the vulnerability in his own voice when he's like genuinely scared of her answer and then she immediately like she's ignoring him through this whole conversation like well, she's not ignoring him, but she's, like, trying not to look at him because she, like, knows if she looks at him, she'll immediately give in because yep. of what he's saying. And yep. the minute he asks her that, she, like, turns to him, like, how would you ever think that she would regret that because she loves him so much? Like, he, exactly. it's all over her face that she's, like, please don't ever think that she would re- that she would regret that. And it's, like, the thing that I really love about it, too, is this is, you know canonically um which Robert and I were laughing at like last episode is like the first time that like Kane's been in a relationship and like been in love Mm -hmm. he's good at it and this is the kind of romance he comes out with (laughs) are you on his first try his first go you're doing amazing sweetie it's like, oh my god, how many romance movies did he watch? Like how did he learn this stuff? Weather the storm Are you kidding me? That's like some kind of poetry. That is the most romantic thing anyone has ever said on this show. This is like, this is Adama and Rosalind in the Raptor where like, people are speaking Latin because it's so romantic. Oh my god, it's so good. It like, it hurts my heart in the best way because like, this relationship is so earned. And like, just the complete and utter vulnerability in both of them there, when they're like, finally admitting beyond all the like, things in their past beyond like her being mad at him beyond like their roles as leaders or people or doctors they saved each other because they love each other and they would do it again and again and again and 
above anything and at any cost. Like, people died for them to save each other. And they're fine with that because their relationship is that important. I just want to say that, like, thank you to The 100 for giving us, like, a top-notch parent heckin' old people (laughs) (laughs) ship. They're not that old. I know. (laughs) More of that on their other shows, please. In particular. What show are you talking about? Robin, which ship are you talking about? Robin. In particular, I would like this for Alice and FP on Riverdale, please. Uh, they still have not kissed on screen, but we know they have a child together. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, more, like, obviously don't take away from this to give to the, to, to Riverdale, but, um, yeah, just, like, sharing is caring, please. Like, follow the, yeah. by example. Yeah. Yeah. More adult content on the CW. I would like that. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So then they almost kiss, but then they get interrupted. But that almost kiss, though, is so important. Um, Her little face just, like, melts, and then she, like, leans into him, and there's, like, this really cute little moment. And then we get robbed. But she closes her (laughs) eyes when he touches her face. Like, the sheer and utter relief. My other friend, Emily, uh, I followed Filers on Twitter, uh, pointed out that she's almost like mad at herself for denying herself that comfort for so long. Snaps. Yeah, because she was just yeah. alone. And like she immediately embraces it and like her hand coming up to cover his. And then she's the one that initiates the kiss. Yeah, he doesn't push her like, in any way. She wanted to kiss him after she's been mad at him for so long because she still loves him. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm really emotional. Snaps. No, snaps. Right about for it. sure. No, it's so true. It's so true. It's, it's like, like it, it's uh, just so important that she's the one that closed that gap, literally and figuratively. And it's also important that they didn't have this kiss here because that means there's a big damn kiss coming along down the line. I am counting oh, on you, Jason Rothenberg. Yes. Give me what I want, <laughs> right? Um. So then they're like, hey, guitar guy, let's <laughs> let's bring it up. Play louder. Play louder. Play louder, okay? He's like, this dude's gonna have to play the guitar for a full five years until those people all die. Okay, but like he... Oh, okay, 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 okay. This is how you know that Octavia watched Mad Max. He is definitely one of the guitar players that's like swinging back and forth like on fire on the cars. Yes. He does the soundtrack to the the ring. Please. God, (laughs) the music in that scene is sick. It's so Not good. the, I mean, the guitar scene is good too. Like when it gets aggressive, the but like also the scene with the like when Octavia becomes Blood Raina, the music there is Snaps incredible. Snaps for Tree Adams. Snaps for Tree Adams. All the and like the music in this episode is so different in each scene too. Like the soft mm. flamenco mm-hmm. guitar, and then like the aggressive guitar, and then like all the battle music. Oh, so good. Other guitars. <laughs> Um, Octavia comes in, kills people, and at one point says, for Jaha. Yes! Huh. What interesting development. That was kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I didn't know. I was like, uh, who? You guys didn't you, like him? You don't like him. I like Just because he gave you one speech? Well, I think it was an unjust, like, she viewed Jaha getting stabbed as 
like an unjust like he didn't deserve that i think okay right. like he okay. didn't do okay. anything in that moment to deserve being stabbed and she knows mm. when she leaves him that he's gonna die and like she so his yeah. death is not honorable in yeah like well not not honorable but like not a warrior's death yeah like he didn't do anything to deserve that at that point so i think that that's a little bit of the like blood must have blood kind of thing so like it's for jaha because he took right because it's life. the guy who stabbed yeah. him right okay I think it's ridiculous how many people she has to tell to choose before they're like, okay, I am long crew. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. That scene. But also, this is the best thing about fight scenes where it's one person but versus a bunch is you kind of look at them and go, why didn't y'all just dogpile her? Yeah. Everyone was like, okay, we got to wait your turn. It's your turn, Jeremy. Go in, go in. You're doing amazing. Oh, Jeremy. Oh, no. Now it's your turn, Brandon. Like, that's not- <laughs> Guys. In this scene, though, it gets... It can't be that bad. It gets increasingly more people at a time, though. It starts with just one. Yeah. And then two of them go at her at the same time, and they both die. And then, so, like, five people are like, all right, maybe five of us can do it. And then they're all dead. And she points at that guy, and he's like, you next? And he's like, Pass. all right, I'm gonna... I'm, I'm going down. We're good. I'm gonna bow. Please don't cut my head off. My mom wanted me to read you guys a quote. Okay. okay. She wrote it down for me. <laughs> good job, Denise. To read. I love you, Denise. Um, and this is a quote from when Octavia gave Rowan the fake broken flame. Oh. Do you recall this? Yes. Yeah. She says, people fell in behind the flame. Now they'll fall in line behind the sword. <gasps> that foreshadowing, Oh, my though. God. Yes, and that is the quote. Thank you. Denise, you're my friggin' hero. That's brilliant. Snaps for Denise. Snaps. Um, and so Jaha opens the door. He does that. And yeah. so she's like, hi, I would like only the guilty alive, please. I love that she um, and so in Trigetta slang, too. Yeah. yeah. That's badass. That was badass. And so Kara comes in, and she's going to shoot Cabby, and then she's like, no, no, no. And then she's going to shoot herself, and Octavia's like, not so fast, and stabs her in the hand with a throwing star or something. Yo, Octavia is amazing. Whoa. I saw just yeah. that earlier of her throwing weapons and like, she's really good at it. My thing is that I really, really, really love about Octavia's unrealistic fighting skills is that it's like James Bond levels. Like people accept that James Bond has those kind of talents, no problem. But with Octavia, I've seen people going like, this is unrealistic. How would she get like this? Like, she's I don't a care. Natural, Barbara. Yeah, whatever. It's dope. Yeah, she's cool. She's She's a warrior. She fights. She's complicated. Sometimes she's unlikable. Sometimes she does horrible things. But she's really talented. Mm-hmm. I also love this scene because um, Kara comes in to point at Cabby and Kane is like, um, excuse me, don't shoot my wife. I'm going to stand Please. in front of her. Also, yeah. don't shoot yourself. What are you doing, lady? He like doesn't want anyone to die ever. Yeah, he's a good dude. So soft. So they go back to Jaha. It turns out that his liver is probably perforated. And he says, you can't fix me this time. Oh. And I thought, oh, that's some season one feels. Yeah. Because last time it was Bellamy who did it. Yeah. And yeah. she did save him. Abby risked her life and her freedom yes. to save him. Yeah. And like, what a good bookend to like mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. with his friends like that. And like, right. To die for his people. <sighs> yeah. Jaha started, started the series being fatally injured 
and ended the series for being fatally injured. I mean, he was living on borrowed time since that first gut wound. Yeah, and now he's true. Like going out with the same wound. I would also go out on a limb to say this is probably the best death they've done on the hundred in terms of respect I and dignity. Would completely agree with you. In terms of respect and dignity, sure. I yes. also cried, and I've I have I, never liked. I cried. Draha. Yeah. Like he has never been one of my favorite characters. I've been like rooting for him to go, but like I was surprised at how emotional I was during this scene. Plus, I mean, a part part of it's got to do with like the entire concept of it, like being with his friends and his people, and like saving his people, and the traveler's blessing, and like asking to go to his mm. wife and his son. His last word was Wells. Yep. Yeah, he says, Octavia, please take care of Ethan. And then he says, take me home, take me to my wife, take me to Wells. And then they do the Traveler's Blessing. See, I I started out not liking Jaha. And I grew to healthily appreciate what Jaha is and what he represents and his complexity. And I don't think Jaha was afforded the same leeway that the other characters were, which is why I continued to actually quite enjoy Jaha. Because people really reacted very negatively to him and in the scheme of things jaha and clark are very much the same person Mm -hmm. so there's definitely some uncomfortable social ramifications to the way that people you know wanted jaha to brutally die and so my only hope which i said at unity days at our panel was that he would go out a hero and with some kind of dignity and i oh absolutely good i think i guess it's just weird just because like it's like this is episode one you know, for for the bunker. This is episode right. one. So it's just like crazy to me that they're like, let's kill off this main character, like top build actor in episode one. Like what can happen next? Yeah, Because like you can see the moments in like previous seasons where like he could have exited. Yeah. But I think it makes sense too, because in Eden, you get bits and pieces of Clark's uh, journey over the six years and then you jump. Like, yeah. you get, like, her whole first year, basically. Yeah. And then it jumps ahead after you've get gotten, like, multiple stages of that foundation and, like, finding her way to Maddie and, like, to Eden itself and, like, building a home. But in the bunker, you get one night of, act. like, it's all of what happens in this episode happens in the space of, like, several hours. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah, it, it really ha- does. So it has to be a pivotal turning point that gives you all of the puzzle pieces that create that full picture you get at the end of the episode and at the end of the first episode that like make it all make sense so jaha's death and like the lessons he taught octavia in this episode are kind of like his lasting legacy to like because he died it matters more and like his lessons will will stay with everyone longer because it mattered Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah no it does i completely agree um so octavia has to go out and address everybody and guy now supports her and says no you shouldn't clean up you should show them what what's up and uh now we have the maxon reunion oh Oh my god and he talks about how he's a healer not a fighter and that's why he loves him i'm like it took you guys 46 days to love each other i support you yeah, but you never know what happens when you're bonded through, like, war. Totally. And mm-hmm. so, um, then they kiss. It's so cute. All right. Shout out to Sachin and Jared yeah. for this. 
I feel like they manifested this relationship out of just being best yeah. friends. Yeah. Um, but I do really quickly quickly want to talk about Gaia. Oh, yeah, for sure. If we could. Yes, um, please. The thing that I found interesting about Gaia when she's like insisting to Indra that they bring Octavia out covered in red blood is that it wasn't actually that Gaia was loyal to a blood. Mm-hmm. It's that Gaia was loyal to an idea and it was the idea of the commanders. And so all of that was basically couched in. She was really mad that Octavia was kind of slacking off and being lazy and didn't deserve the title that was being afforded to her. And yeah. all Gaia wanted the entire time was Octavia to show her own position some respect. Yes. And to like prove that she could do it. Like Exactly. Like Octavia... I think Gaia knows how Octavia won the Conclave, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was by hiding. And for 46 days, she's still been hiding. Right. And Gaia thinks that's like cowardly and not the actions of a commander. And so in this episode, she proves that she can do what has to be done to save their people. And like, she's like, okay, I believe in you. Let's do it. Like that scene when at the door and... Indra immediately wants to go help because she is protective of Octavia and she's been- Yeah, Indra's emotionally compromised by Octavia now. Yeah, like she's been protecting her all this time because Octavia doesn't want to do anything and not Indra's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna like make you safer because she cares about her and Gaia's, she sees it a little more clearly and knows what Octavia has to do on her own and how what she has to do to prove- to not only Gaia, but everyone else in the bunker in order to take her power. And that's also the interesting thing about like flame keepers as opposed to the Nightbloods is flame keepers to me are a little cowardly. Yeah. Because their role is to guide people who kill in order to get their position. While the flame keepers don't do anything except hunt and take innocent children away from their families. Mm-hmm. So Gaia's entire ideology is... In order for me to respect you, I need you to kill people. Oh, yeah. Whereas Indra's Indra's was, I need to respect you, and you showed that you only kill when necessary. Right. Mm. And I think that's the fundamental difference between them as a mother and daughter. So I'm interested to see what teachings Gaia has now passed on to Ethan Ooh, and true. what Octavia has absorbed, because I'm a little worried at their roles, because Gaia very much seems to be playing flame keeper to Octavia's blood reina. Right. Yes. Because she's very supportive of people doing conclaves, and that's concerning to me. But also, okay, given this and, like, the context of, like, this, the teaser scenes from the trailer, like, given the context of this episode, I want to talk about two things from the season five trailer, if you guys don't mind. Um, sure. So, like, the scene with Gaia and Indra, where Indra's, like, real warriors hate war, Gaia is very indicative of what you just said, Brittany. Yo, I totally forgot about that too. I feel so smart. And (laughs) so I'm wondering what choice Gaia has to make there. And like, she's crying. Like there's something there's weighted there, but like just Indra's line makes a lot of sense with what you just said. And so the other thing from the trailer, when Zeke sees people marching from, the bunker across the desert. I initially thought it was like a fleet of flame keepers because like, because they look yeah, like, because they like have a like similar like look to each other and they, um, Charmaine calls them fanatical, 
which like the flame keepers were fanatical before Art, yeah. but it doesn't really look like there were that many in the bunker aside from Gaia and now Ethan the novitiate so I don't think that they're flame keepers anymore and I think that that's part of how bonded one crew has become and they're fanatical for Octavia Oh, so you think maybe they're hunting down Allegis to wipe out the last of the Nightblood so that Octavia can reign, remain, like, the rightful leader? Yeah, or just, like, that they've become her army. And, like, I feel like they have, yeah. at least on the ground, they have more manpower. Octavia. Octavia has her own cult. Yeah. Man, she's accomplished a lot more in life by, like, what, 23 than I ever Same. have. I don't even ha- I don't even have a cult, guys. Why don't Not me. I have one. Babe? Wait, huh? what's your cult, Robin? Oh, I'm just saying that I have one. Well, I I'm interested in it. Can what we join? It? No, it's a secret cult. Oh my uh, no, God. I, I don't want to join unless I know what the cult's about. No, you gotta figure. You know, there's like specific, special like clues everywhere, and like, it's like it? really, really, it's like pretty private, really exclusive. So. I'm absolutely not joining a high school. (laughs) (laughs) You're missing out. (laughs) So let me know if this is, this is completely incorrect and I'm completely off base here, but I always kind of saw Gaia less as a real flame keeper and more of the type of person. And this might just be like the stereotypical, like, yeah, but she's a teenage girl. So she's not a real one or whatever. Like that could just be me, but I always saw her as kind of just being like, I'm a flame keeper, mom. This is like what I believe. Does that make sense? This yeah, is that's kind now. of like always the way that I saw her. So her being like, yes, Octavia, I believe in you. And like now seeing her six years later being like, I am the official flame keeper is kind of just I, I, like her coming into. I think into... You're, you're seeing her through Indra's eyes. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. You're seeing her in that, like that way that Indra saw her was like not, she didn't believe it was a valid path for her. And she mm-hmm. thought that Gaia was just rebelling, which is how you see it, kind of, I think. And, and that's how a yeah. mother would see the things that her daughter does, because, I mean, Abby and Clark. Yeah. Right. So I think it's very much that you, as an adult, are looking at a teenager insisting right. on an ideology and a belief system that you don't agree with. And you're going, I don't know about all this. I don't know if I mm-hmm. buy this. And, of course, she then proves that she actually was very dedicated to it and took it very seriously. Yeah. And that you know, Indra was mistaken and we were mistaken in not taking her seriously. And Mm -hmm. I like that over the time jump, she sort of like becomes as much a leader in her own sphere, it seems, Mm -hmm. as Octavia. Right. Is she the only flame keeper that made it into the bunker? I think she might be. Yeah. Which I think it would be interesting if she was training a whole new fleet of flame keepers, personally. Which right. it might be something that she's doing because, I mean, Ethan is a novitiate, but like, of what? Like, to, exactly. is he a novitiate to become commander after Octavia? Or is he a novitiate to become flame keeper like Gaia? What What's happening? Yeah. And no I think idea. A huge source of conflict between she and Indra because I think she and Indra are going to be on very opposite ends of a spectrum while still being Octavia's advisors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Octavia enters and she's saying all the guilty people are in the middle, like even Delphi crew, like even just because blankets. Yeah, everyone's in there. So there is no Delphi crew. We're just one crew. Are you gonna 
join join them in the middle or what? And the guy's like, pass. No, no. Choose. No, 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 I'm good. And she's talking about like in Rome, you know, way to go, Naya. Nor Nyla for giving her the book. And so now everyone's got to conclave it up, including Kara, who just takes the sword and is just like, yep, here I am. Let's go. Yo, nothing but respect for my conclave winner. Also, yes. Also, I loved the way the lighting in this scene was done because... Because uh, Kara was brightest. Yeah, and that spotlight down on her, like, you know she's going to be that bitch that picks up that thing and kills them all immediately. Like, even before Octavia throws it down there, you know that's the person yep. that's surviving. Yeah, which is really cool because it's like you get a really good look at who she is immediately. Yeah. Her survival instinct overruns everything. I respect it mm-hmm. so much. So we get the six years later jump. And clearly Kara's the one who won because her and Miller have like staffs and they're on either side of Octavia. So like, sup? What's going on here? I'm interested. And also like if Miller's on Octavia's team, what happens to Maxon if Jackson's against all this as a healer? Yeah. <sighs> also, where's Nyla? Six years is a lot. <laughs> Take a shot. Hey, time violation. <laughs> Whoops. My bad. I love the change in Kara's look here, too. She's become so much more uh, Grounder-esque, which is, Mm -hmm. I was surprised when I learned in the teaser scene that she was Sky Crew, because from all the, like, tiny bits and pieces we've seen of her, like, in the trailer um, or on the poster, I thought she was a Grounder. And after the time skip, she looks like a Grounder. And, like, everybody kind of looks like a grounder right. except for Kane in his dumb sweater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got, he has a ponytail. He's like, what's going on? I mean, he's trying, but, like... He looks like he wandered into, like, the wrong store at like the mall. He looks like a college professor, and, like, everyone else is here to fight, <gasps> like, a battle. He, he's yeah. like, is this Banana Republic? <laughs> oh my god, I hate you guys because it's like, true. Abby is like wearing leather with like 16 straps in different directions. And Kane's out here with a sweater and a ponytail. Like, <laughs> It's weird to me that Indra isn't on either side of Octavia. But clearly Guy is on her side. So like, have, has there been like a rift? Yeah, and I think yeah. that... Whatever's going on, Indra looks highly uncomfortable with Kane being in the ring. But Indra is still a general. Yeah. Kendra rises. Yes. She's still a general. So, like, she still yeah. has power. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about... Did anybody else notice Kara's forehead tattoos? Ooh, no, tell me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a super good look at them, but I'm pretty sure they mimic the tattoo that goes down Lincoln's back. Which also... Ooh was in those teaser photos that we saw um, of the inside of the bunker. Oh, so it's like um, a long cruise. Yeah. So it's like those really thick chevrons, and there's like three of them going down the center of her forehead. That's so interesting that Octavia made that the logo, like made that their symbol. Just to honor Lincoln one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Even though Lincoln would absolutely hate this. True. No. Lincoln would be like, sup, bro? I don't know if he would hate it. Are you? I mean, he would hate the... <laughs> I mean, he would hate the concept of, like, death, but he would love the concept of one crew. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. He would adore it. Like, I hate how Canadian Robin and I just sounded. Oh, yeah, yeah, for oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ethan cheers, and Guy is like, stop it! Officiates do not cheer death! Chaha <sighs> uh-huh. is rolling around in his grave. 
And then we have Blood Raina, and he, they're like, what is the fate of the dude in the middle? And she puts her hand up, and I guess that's good? Does that mean he gets to, like, go against the next guy? Does he get to go, and there's two new people that come in? I don't understand. Is that- he looks so excited to be there. It reminds me of the careers in the Hunger Games. Like, yes. they, they volunteer to be in the Hunger Games. Like, what what is the point of this, my friend? Does he go in every single thing just to be, like, the most powerful dude? Like, that seems terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Is that his occupation? I don't know. But then, so they're like, next. And of course, you know, the way it's being shot, you're like, oh, clearly we're about to see somebody that we know. And then, of course, it's Kane. Yes. Boy. What did you do, buckaroo? Boy. I don't know, but it's going to hurt. It's not going to be good for him. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like, I am obnoxiously excited. I can't even say words. I'm so excited. Okay, so now it's time for our segment. So my first segment is called the Post-Apocalyptic Sasswatch slash Favorite Line Award. So my favorite line award this week goes to Octavia for... Blend your mother. (laughs) That was such a sister move, too. Yeah, it totally was, for sure. And mine goes to Marcus Kane for his entirely ridiculously romantic speech that he gave to Abby. I couldn't bear to lose you. I just gotten you back. The world was ending before our very eyes. And I thought I could weather any storm as long as you were by my side. All right, so I put that one down also, but I also had a backup because I knew you were going to pick it. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite line award goes to Kara for... Abby, open the door. I wonder, would you have done that if he was already safe inside? Oof. Yeah, that's rough. And now my second segment is called the Most Valuable Protagonist Award, and this week's MVP is Thelonious Jaha. Oh, I want to give snaps to him. Yes, it's what he deserves. Yeah. And um, my segment is usually my first segment is usually Clark Griffin shower watch, but she wasn't in this. Yeah. So let's let's assume that she showered. I mean, yeah, this she's forty six days in, so this was probably right before the rain came when she really needed it. So she definitely showered, showered since. In the six years, for sure. <laughs> yeah, she in six years she definitely took a. She shower. looked so clean yeah. when she came back and was like holding those fish. She's definitely showered. She takes regular yeah. baths yeah. now. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. She's come so far. And then my second segment is Marcus Kane beard appreciation. Good beard. Good it's beard. Such a good beard. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Beard. It's like angry beard and then soft beard. <laughs> the sequel to Angry Birds. <laughs> no. No. Get out. Angry. <laughs> I hate that you, you made set me both up. Of us. <laughs> Unacceptable. Oh god. And our new segment is called How Many Episodes Since the Last Murder? Zero. Zero. It's been zero. It's gonna stay there probably. Yep. I feel like Nyla has a whiteboard up on her cart that says, It's been zero days since our last <laughs> Oh my god. And now we are gonna do trailer reactions. Yeet. You ready? Yes. Alright. Three, two, one. Play. Play. Look at that ship. Myself, I would find a way that is so it's big. Beautiful. This is it. This is Maybe it. So Protect. Uh oh. Her people will come for her. Stop hitting her. Ooh. Oh, why would you clock? You clock to say it's gonna be Smurfo. I. I. Also, I'm worried about our, uh Raven. Time to go frame by frame. Okay, we have Raven, we have Clark getting her head pulled up. Oh, Clark and shot collars. Clark gets punched, someone has to stay. 
Bad things are so happening like, in the space station. So what? All right, that's it. That's it, fam. These ones are so much shorter than... It's, they feel so much shorter than the Riverdale ones because way more things happen well, in the Riverdale they ones. They are... I feel like they are physically shorter because this year they haven't so released extended trailers for The 100 so far, which is weird to right. me because they always do the 30-second trailer after the East Coast airing, and then they do a 45-second trailer mm-hmm. after West Coast, but they haven't been doing that this year, and I'm like, show me those 15 seconds. Well, the thing is that, like, the clip we're watching right now is 30 seconds long, but the actual trailer is only yeah, 15 that's, seconds that's long. That's, like, so little time. Whoa. That's nothing. Do you think that that scar on Charmaine's neck is from one of those shock collars, or did someone try to cut her head off? I think someone tried to cut her head off. Oh. <laughs> Like, it um, looks like a scar from a cut. I mean, my thought is, like, when someone says scar on their neck, my first thought for the hundred is oh, the yeah. flame. But it's like, you know, it's on the front. Yeah. Oh this, oh, this scene with uh, Clark and the shot callers in front of the church. Ooh, snip snap. I'm so interested in that church. Also, what do you think Bellamy sees that's a, that makes them, like, decide they have to get down there? And, like, because this is where Echo's line from the trailer comes in, too, where she's like, whatever it is, Octavia can handle it. Oh, that's so nice. She's so good at comforting him. (sighs) She has such faith in Octavia. Oh, nice. Also, don't hit Clark in the face. Yeah, can you not? Can we just not hit people in the face? Thank you so much. Also, the shot of Raven and, like, Bellamy with his hands on his hips behind her. I love a duo. Uh-huh. Bellamy is clearly with Echo, and like they're the romantic pairing up there. But Raven and Bellamy are yeah. so clearly the parents of that group. Like they're the mom and dad, yeah. Even if they're not dating, <laughs> right? So, do you think uh, Smurfo and Raven stay behind on the big ship? Well, she said someone has to stay behind, so I thought it was just like one person. I know it's like for I sure like going to be Murphy because they're in a lot of scenes together in the trail. The I really like those two together, not necessarily in a shippy way or anything. I just think that like they've come so yeah, far. Yeah, I really and so love I their like friendship. Like I don't want them to like kiss, but their friendship is really great. Yeah, that would be one. That's one We're ship filled with angst, though. Also, okay. Is anyone else in this ship with Bellamy and Raven? Okay, yeah, there's somebody else back there. Is everybody good? Yeah, there's Echo. Like, it looks like it's just Bellamy, Raven, and Echo in this, that scene when Raven's like, hang on! And I'm like, where's everybody else? Mm, Maybe Harper and Amori went to a different part of the ship. In a pod? They only have one pod! No, I mean, they split up once they got on board. You're not watching what I'm watching, so you're not in my brain, and you don't we're thinking about different things. Well, that's what happens. Oh, okay, well, that's what happens when you're hey. at two different ends of a continent. Who do you guys think is saying brace for impact? Because to me, it sounds like Amori, but it's probably Raven. Uh, let me listen to it again. I would love if it was Amori. And loss stabilization. Loss stabilization sounds like Amori to me, but... No, that does sound like Amori. Thank you. We should do our outro. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you are so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes because we would really like to have those. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to get that 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 to be a thing. Tell us what you think of us, but like, you can be honest. It's okay. 
<laughs> if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Season two is almost done, and bro, it's incredible. Yeah, it's can you confirm, season. Samantha? Huh? Can you confirm Riverdale is incredible right now? Oh yeah, it's so dope. It's really good. I need to be fed by snake parents one more time before it's over. Yeah. <laughs> so don't let me down. So you can uh, join us over there if you like. We also have a show about a little show called Lost. And I think Robin enjoys it a little bit. It's so, my thing, yeah. A yeah, moderate if, amount. Yeah, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Feel free to check out our season one podcast, which is up right now. Yeah, season two starting soon. Yes, it is. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. Uh, mostly Twitter, though. But our YouTube will be kicking off like soon when I get my button gear to finish filming. Yeah. Um, and we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because... Robin, do the thing. It's expensive! Thank you. <laughs> we run three podcasts right now, and it is not free. So we could really use uh, your help over there. Thank you. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And I also run at The 100 Script. We are currently in the middle of Fallen. So definitely check us out. We have fun over there. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Thank you so much for Sam coming on the pod for today. We appreciate her. Thank you so much for having me. I loved yelling about this episode. Yes, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at Sam Casey's. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And our next episode is 503 Sleeping Giants. Why do you think it's called that? Cryobots. Yeah. They're sleeping. They're sleeping. And they're very large. <laughs> it's actually just a whole ship of Hagrid's. Uh, oh my god. Yes. Love that. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. bye.